Restarting your business? Relaunching your business? Relocating your business? Maybe you just need a restart, a jump, a kick in the butt, something to get you enthusiastic, just a new outlook. And believe it or not, this has nothing to do with COVID-19, but how timely that this interview is happening during the midst of what we're going through here in our wedding community, let alone the world. So moving your business forward without fear, because moving should be a daring adventure rather than a fearful journey. That's what we're talking about today on the podcast. That's what our episode's about. Restart, refresh, relocating. Come right back after this break, and I'll introduce you to the fabulous, talented lady behind the Restart Specialist. conversations with wedding professionals as they share their stories, insights, and tips from inside the wedding industry. We'll chat about how to be authentic and that it's okay not to be perfect or run your business like someone else's Instagram. Let's dive into the privilege it is to serve our clients and discover the talented creatives that make up our community. When we share what we know and who we are, we better serve our couples as a wedding day team, as well as each other. Simply put, be Fabo. Now here's your host, Bobby Brinkman. All right, listeners, we are back, and I'm so excited that we have Meredith. As I mentioned in her bio, you're in for a bit of information from this talented lady, uh, now currently located down here with me in Savannah, Georgia. So I have the pleasure of working with her and talking on Zooms with her quite often. But today, a lot of you guys wrote in and you're asking about, you know, just restarting and pivoting. And a lot of people seem to be relocating their businesses. Um, maybe it's this time of year or a season that we're in, but, uh, I knew if I was going to talk about this topic, we were going to go to Meredith, and uh, she is an expert in this area, a wonderful educator. But as we get through this uh, interview, you're going to pick up some great tips from her. Remember that back in the show notes, anything that Meredith brings up will be linked back. Her websites, her photography, her coaching, her education, everything will link back there. So you don't have to take a lot of notes. Um, um, thank you, everybody, again, for following the rules and getting me your questions in before the episode since we're not live. Um, but I want to thank listeners for always doing that for us and engage couples as well. So this is pretty much a vendor uh, one for the vendors, so I'm thrilled that we have uh, plenty of vendors that are chiming in about this. So, without further ado, Meredith, moving your business forward without fear. Tell us a little yes. bit about that phrase, which I love, and how you went from a college art professor to a photographer and a wonderful wedding educator. That is a, I'm going to have to shorten that real, <laughs> really shorten that and boil that down. So, I cannot take credit for that phrase. Um, when I was just getting started, I was trying to figure out how to move my business. Um, we've been moving since uh, 05 and in business since 09. And I sat down with um, a friend of mine, Mary Marantz, and at the time was explaining to her, look, I, I feel the overwhelming urge to share how we do this. And um, she actually came up with that tagline um, and uh, we've kept it ever since. Well, that's a great, I mean, it's perfect because we are fearful. We're fearful every day to work on our business now, let alone moving forward. You know, so that's great. Remind everybody, since I know a little bit about your story, so I always try to keep this general information. 
you're a military family, so that's one of the reasons you move a lot, around a lot. And so that's really how Restart got started because you wanted to deal with that and teach that and then mix in your art professor and teaching. So mm -hmm. it, it does marry all together. Yeah, it does. Um, the the whole art, you did ask earlier how, how we came to be um, a business owner versus a teacher. And um, it is really incredibly difficult to um, transfer certifications um, from state to state. You're only there for a couple years. By the time you get your certification, um, it's almost time to leave again. Right. And uh, in addition to that, as a college professor, there's all the tenure and everything with that. It just became really difficult to, um, and very frustrating as a teacher to keep a job. And I decided at that point that I wanted to stay at home. We were having kids. Um, pretty typical for the mom photographer to say, you know, I think I'm going to stay home and open my own business. Um, and then I quickly realized that uh, when you move that business, you literally are wiping away all of your referral network that you've built up. Um, and that can be very demoralizing and frustrating as a business owner to do that. So that's, that's I think that's just, again, we go back to running your business generally, always trying to find a new couple, always trying to find a new lead. So what is it on the restart specialist that are three key things that you think are very much important and we would like to share today specifically that you can think of i'm going to tell you that the questions that have come in have been about pricing about moving seems a lot of people like i mentioned earlier are moving so you know we'll get to the questions at the end but maybe just in our conversation day again candid conversations here so you know we want a harsh truth and you know we don't sugarcoat things here you know life is hard business is hard running a business as a mom is hard uh and the season that we're in is hard so what are what do you think the three key things that people should look for when they get ready to restart and also let's talk a little bit about restart versus relocation and how they go hand in hand how they also can be different i think the three things when you're looking at at restarting relocating um and they do very much go hand in hand um you need to make sure that your pricing is on point. It sounds like a lot of questions came in about that. Yep. Your pricing needs to be on point for the location that you are serving. And I'm, I'm being very careful about what I'm saying with that um, because I want it to be clear. You may physically live in a location, but that night may not be the location that you are attempting to serve. So if you need a larger market because you have a higher price point, then you need to make sure that your price point is correct for that area that you're serving. If I am attempting to market to LA and I live in Texas, my price points are going to be vastly different than if I'm serving a Texas market. So your pricing needs to be on point for the region that you are serving. Right. Um, the second thing is that you need to actually do the dang thing. You need to show up every day. Um, I cannot tell you how many times I tell people to blog and to um, create content that is searchable, that is um, the SEO loves. And if you don't do that, you won't be found by somebody that is looking on Google. Um, for those of us that are restarting, that are moving to a new area, um, we're the new kid on the block. And so it isn't as easy to get those word of mouth referrals immediately when you walk in the door because there are relationships that have to be built. So you have to, to do the marketing, you have to do the social media, you do have to do the content creation. Um, and lastly, 
you have to realize that what you do in one region has a lasting impact. So um, there's this almost sense of um, lulling into a false sense of security when you're moving because you're going, it's just like when you move to a new school. Oh, well, everything that I did stays back there and I'm going to go over here. But that reputation can follow you. And so you need to make sure that you are aware of that and cognizant of that, that what you ha do here will have an impact on what you, what happens over there. And I think that's very true. And I, I think all three of those tips hold true just as business owner as well. So listeners, I want you to also hear that, you know, you might not be removing or relocating, but the things that Meredith is sharing today are literally practices that you can put into effect today. And those three tips right there alone will help you generate or continue to keep some clients. So the, yes, we got a lot of questions about pricing and I think a lot of it, you hit the nail on the head. I may want to live here and I'm going to use Savannah because we're here. We live in Savannah. We also, you and I both get asked for Charleston. Uh, we get asked for Charlotte um, and we mm -hmm. do get asked for down three different markets. So let's take it a step by step. I'm currently living here. How do I go about letting people know I want to service those people? And then part two of that would be, I'm getting ready to move from this location. And right now for this question, let's keep it Southern. So general, so nothing drastic across the country. What do I need to do then? Because a lot of those questions were, how soon do I start marketing myself? How do I go about marketing myself? So as a research specialist, I, I know you're going to give some good tips here. Okay. it's a lot of questions. Um, <laughs> so if I am trying to, if I, if we live in Savannah and I'm trying to market to Charleston, um, or if I'm trying to market to, um, let's say Greenville, South Carolina, um, I need to show stuff and I need to talk about things that are in that market. Um, if I am intentionally trying to cast a wide net and saying, oh, I'm a destination photographer, then I can show lots of different places. But if I'm intentionally targeting a region or a location, I'm going to need to probably go there and create some artwork for that. I need to collaborate with some people that are there and be able to then produce content marketing strategies that fall hand in hand with that region and that location. Um, you also ask what, you know, if somebody knows that they're moving, when do they start? You start as soon as it is confirmed. Um, for us, Bobby mentioned that um, we're military. And for some military families, or for, and this goes for medical too, if you're, you know, your spouse or your significant other is in a medical profession, you may be moving and you're not military. Right. Um, so when, when you know for sure and for certain that you're moving, that is the time to start marketing. That is the time to start doing the research, um, start reaching out to vendors, start getting to know the local market, um, and really be able to talk like a local. And I say that because when we first moved to the Virginia area, um, I kept seeing this thing, Tidewater region, Tidewater region. And I'm like, what in the world is that? Well, people were using that to search for things. Or uh, when we moved to Texas, they said, oh, you know, I'm going to go down to the local um, HEB. And I'm like, oh, HEB. They're like, no, baby, that, that's not, that's not what it is. It's not a heb. Um, and for those of you that are in Texas, you know exactly what I'm yep. talking about. So you have to be able to talk like a local so that you don't stand out like a sore thumb. Because that's the thing. If you're brand, brand new, you're not bringing a lot of tools or maybe baggage with you. Because let's face it, a restart 
man, can also get you out of a rut. You're excited. You can't yes. wait to get to a new area. It's scary, but you're rejuvenating your business as well. And you get excited over that. So research in all of that you just said, I heard research. So if I know I'm moving to this area, I'm diving in for keywords. I'm talking about blogs. I'm researching so I get to know. So that brings us to, you know, a couple questions was how do I get my website to start transitioning without booking something too soon or looking mm -hmm. like I'm a know-it-all? You know, mm -hmm. what's like the steps that you suggest for somebody? You do the research, but then when do you start getting some of that stuff on your social media or when do you start sharing some of this? And then without offending current couples, I mean, at what point do you let your current couples know you're vacating? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of, of mixed opinions on this. Um, if you are already branding yourself as a destination photographer, then a move is going to be less uncomfortable for your clients because they're really not going to see it as an interruption of what you're doing because you've already set, you're already traveling to wherever they are. They've already been trained to assume that, that that's what you're going to do right. versus if you are a regional photographer targeting a regional area and you are moving, you had darn well better have a plan in place. Um, and you better let them know before you let the world know, because put to put this in perspective, if I go out and I blast on Instagram, um, I, you know, I love Texas, but unfortunately, you know, or, you know, maybe I'm positive about it. Woohoo. We're moving to Hawaii. Yep. My Texas bride is going to go, excuse me, what? Mm -hmm. Back that train up and I'm going to get an angry email or I'm going to get an angry phone call and instead save yourself the grief and frame it in a positive manner. And you let them know and you say, Hey, we are still going to serve you in the same way. We are super excited about your wedding or fill in the blank, whatever it is. Um, and then at that point, you say, here's what's happening. It's not going to interrupt the service that we're providing you. And, and it's, it's that now, as far as a know-it-all, as far as moving into a local market, that's really hard. Mm -hmm. um, we, I'm going to be very blunt, very honest with those of you that are listening. Um, that is probably one of the most painful, um, hard things to deal with because there's two things at play here. There is the new kid on the block syndrome where you're walking in and everyone assumes, Oh, here's another photographer yeah. that has just happened to pop up in our market and they're brand new. They don't know anything. And then if you've been in business for a couple of years, they listen and the way that you talk and conduct yourself can come across as a know-it-all unintentionally because right. you, you've been in the industry for 10, 20 plus years. Um, and my, my go-to has always been just be yourself. Right. You're going to offend somebody one way or the other. Um, and and don't so, you value yourself. I mean, you've put in the time, yes. you've put in the experience, you know, it's, you know, they can go check out your website, everybody else. And they see that you've built up a reputation and do everything. And, you know, let's face it, you know, we live in a market that everybody wants to work in. I mean, everybody wants to come here in Savannah and <laughs> Charleston do. and be a photographer. Everybody, oh, I'll shoot that. I mean, we're in groups and we see people hours away. And I'm like, that's an engagement session, people. You're going to fly in five hours for an engagement session? Because, but so that's it. So you come here and those that have been here, they're tight circles. And if you put mm -hmm. yourself in the step of where well, you're leaving a tight circle, you had a good group where you left. So you just have to come in and it is, it's scary. You, everything is new, but you're also using this as an income and you need to mm -hmm. be profitable. 
one of the things that you do on your resource specialist on your courses and website is you're teaching people how to um, run an efficient business, how to transition yes. into an efficient business. So let, let's talk about that a little bit. You're getting into this market. You're into a new market. You're doing your pricing. You've done your research. You're ready to go. How do you become efficient and not lose hope? Keep positive. Are you doing style shoots? Nobody's calling you. Your work's great. Mm -hmm. You've got some things to do. So what are some steps that you think somebody new, new coming into a market, whether you're a brand new photographer or been around for a while, what are just some of the things that you can teach in, and here, especially in the episode, just talk a little bit about how running an efficient and why it's so important to run an efficient business so that this maybe is a little less scary and a little less hectic when you go in. Cause I would think having a good business plan in place before you move is going to put you key way above and make it much easier. Um, whether you're moving or not, you need to have an efficient business yep. period. Um, end of story. And um, for me, I, I cannot move a business effectively um, if I don't run an efficient business because I'm still going back and photographing in the state that I was in for probably the, the first six months to a year, if not more, um, because we're on the preferred vendor list for venues that are still, we're still getting inquiries for. Um, so I have to manage a family and a move and a new market to market too. Um, that means that I need to have a client management system in place. I need to have a workflow. Um, I need to not be spending money on things that are not going to move me forward. And by that, I mean, um, if there is not a return on investment, that I'm not going to pay for it. Right. Um, because when you're moving into a new market, you are going to spend a lot more capital on marketing to that new market in the first six months to a year just to get your name out there. Whether that is um, going and meeting for coffee with fellow vendors, whether you mentioned style shoots. Um, when, uh, style shoots are great in one respect. In another respect, you have to be careful with them in how you execute them and what you're doing and how you're using them. Um, as a, as a person who's new in a market, it is incredibly valuable because you get to kind of move ahead in your marketing by getting to know the other vendors who don't necessarily know how you work or who you are. And that was one of the questions. We got several questions about, you know, it's important to build relationships with vendors where you came from. How do mm -hmm. you go about do you reach out prior to the move? Do you reach out once you're there? Is it a combination of both? And, you know, you host the uh, Tuesdays Together here in uh, Richmond Hill, which is a Savannah suburb. Or is, is that something you recommend highly before you get all the way moved, start joining these things a little bit, basically establishing and introducing yourself to your new vendor friends so they're not so afraid that you're coming in and be welcome. And we all know this is a, the photographers are a hard batch to, to break that shell on. But is that how you recommend, again, it's lucky we have websites and everything like this now. And especially now with all the zoom things going on. But I mean, is that kind of just find somebody that's kind of like minded and reach out and just start befriending that person and seeing what you can do. Yeah. I think that you first need to, uh, I hate to use the term date them first. Cause that's yeah. really a, that's a bad way to say it, but you have to get to know them online first, because you have to remember you're not in, you're not in the market yet. You're not, you're not, 
there, you're physically somewhere else. And it's expensive to come out. Let's say you're halfway across the, the country. It's expensive to come out and pay to be there and visit several times before you move. Right. So um, you need to get to know them. You need to find vendors that have the same S not necessarily aesthetic as you, but they have the same frame of mind. Um, if I'm a, a quiet introverted person, which for the most part I am, um, then I'm going to want to gravitate towards people that are, are similar and like-minded. Um, if I've served a certain clientele, um, income tier or a certain type of client, um, then I'm going to look to see, are there vendors that are serving that similar, um, you know, maybe it's light, bright and airy or it's dark and moody, what fill in the blank, whatever it is, um, and get to know them, start following their work, start commenting on their work, maybe share some of their work, um, where it's appropriate and not breaking copyright. Um, and then like Bobby said, um, getting into those Tuesdays together groups, which thank goodness for things like that. Um, finding local wedding um, groups that are for professionals to get together and network because they're going to have a Facebook page. Um, starting to introduce yourself where it's appropriate um, and having some conversations offline. Zoom is a great way to do that before you get there too. Right. And it's the same thing. I think everything you're talking about is this is what you should be doing in your business anyway. If you yes. think back to when you started your business, you're just doing it again. And maybe yes. scarier. Maybe now you're like, okay, I'm in a new place, but I'm also have some experience now. Now I'm not the new kid kid in the industry. I'm just new mm -hmm. to it. And I think the things we're talking about applies. I know we're talking a lot about photographers, but we have a variety of uh, vendors that listen in. But I think everything, your restore classes and specialists aren't just for photographers, correct? You can help any creative business in a restart and you have classes for that. So maybe touch a little bit on Bob just in general some mm -hmm. of the things that you go over in some of your courses that would help all vendors that might be moving or restarting. Yeah, we do. Uh, we, while we do primarily serve photographers just because of the nature of who I am, right. um, we have definitely served um, floral designers, planners, um, even um, transportation, classic car companies, and um, as well as even a lighting studio that's a brick and mortar store. And the, the biggest thing is you have, you touched on it. You hit the nail on the head. You have to remember how did you feel when you first started your business? Well, now you're literally doing the same thing again, but you have to do it faster. You have to do it quicker. You don't have years to do it. We, we say it's about a six month cycle up and then it starts to, to catch up to where you should be. Um, the other thing is no matter what industry you're in, you should not be lowering your price point because it, that is the quickest and fastest way to tick off a community that you're moving into because you're seen as the new kid and you're seen as the outsider. And if you come in and you undercut by a thousand dollars, $2,000, um, all the other vendors that are in your genre that are at your level of expertise, they're going to have a problem with you versus saying to them, look, guys, I want to honor the, the market we're moving into. I want to make sure that I'm not asking for your price. I'm not asking for you to lay open, you know, the doors to, to your private proprietary information, but at least can we have a discussion? And, and Bobby, you and I kind of had, have had those discussions 
where we're making sure that we're honoring the hard work of all of the other vendors that are in the market that you're moving into, whether it's floral design, whatever the case may be. Um, and that will go a long way. And I think that brings up a point that, that is difficult. And I'll play the devil's advocate here. I don't have any clients yet. So again, I'm, I'm kind of like you, you know, you get moved, you get settled, you've done your research before, you're not going to have money coming in the door. I mean, you might be lucky and grab a couple engagement sessions if you've done the work, set your website up, set everything up. So people go, oh, I like this person and may not even know that you're not local yet, but are not are new to the town. So that I'll play devil's advocate by saying, hey, Meredith, I don't have anybody. I, I love your work and everything, but you know, you're, you know, your XYZ amount. I need to get this couple. Um, I'm going to come in at this price because that couple said that to me, not, not even knowing the market. How then do I turn down work like that mm -hmm. without offending the rest of the community, but I need to get a real wedding under my belt. Mm -hmm. So what do you, what's your suggestions on something like that? Can you add value without lowering your price? Can you add, um, additional now again, I'm not a floral designer and yes, I know adding additional flowers it has a cost of good. Right. Um, but, but could you uh, add something in without lowering your price point to fit in? Yes. And, and I think, and I think also you bring something new. So don't forget listeners that your value could be, you have a new set of eyes, you have a new approach, you have a new way of looking at something. Now that brings me to the second part. We'll talk about photographers. I'm going to come in and I'm going to second shoot for a year. And I just, so I can be and get around and know people. You know, okay. yes and no, good place to start. Just, you know, you're an experienced person. You're a well-respected industry person. What is your take on that? Is there a right way, a wrong way, or is it a personal choice? I think it's a personal choice. Um, I think it has to do with what your goals are. Um, we very rarely second shoot um, because, um, one, we, we do charge a larger price point for us second shooting. Um, because I'm often bringing my gear with me. And I think if you are, are in your first five years of being in the industry and you really want to get to know that area and you're going to be there a while, absolutely make sure you're doing it ethically. Make sure you have a contract. Um, don't be shady. And have I second shot in this market? Yes, but I did it strategically where it would not harm my business, where, um, it was at locations and with vendors that I really wanted to work with. Um, and making sure that again, contracts are in place and that you are following the letter of what that says. And that brings us to a wonderful spot too. I'm now getting ready to move to this market. Am I setting my business up after I move there? Should I start, if I know an address or whatever, you mm -hmm. mentioned earlier about certificates and teaching business licenses don't cross, you know, cross state lines. Um, you have a federal ID number, you've set yourself legally, mm -hmm. but you're going to need to get a new state ID number doing mm -hmm. that research and getting. So part of your restart specialist, I would think teachings would be get legally set up so that you're ready to yep. take that first couple. Yes. Um, we always talk with our um, insurance ahead of time and say, okay, what do we need to do for, for moving to this state to make sure that not only in the middle of the move that our gear is covered, our, our things are taken care of, um, but that when we move to that new state, that in the interim of getting that business license set up, 
that we're okay. Um, that a lot of times what we will do is we will leave a business license open in the previous state until, and that's what our, in our personal insurance has said to us is to leave that business license open in that previous state until the new one is established and set up so that we have one, um, and then close down the old one if we're no longer needing it to shoot in that location. Um, and so we're always covered by a business license um, until the next one is set up. Um, and that the best resource I have for that um, is going to be Rachel Brinke. Um, she owns the Law Talk. She also owns um, a new thing called Eden Law Firm. Uh, there are a lot of military spouse lawyers that are in multiple states. And that's a great resource to go and ask her because she will know the legal side of things to help you maybe transfer an LLC or whatever the case may be. Um, I always defer to making sure that you have a lawyer on your team to know what you're doing. And that's a good segue. One of our questions was, you know, I know that I'm moving and they're only going, they're going from north, south to north, but they know they're going to have to be coming back and forth. At what point? Does it hurt to keep that license open? Because maybe you want to keep working back there. Their, their question was basically, how often is it reasonable to continue going and serving those clients in your past state? And again, I think that's going to be a personal preference, but I think that's a good mm -hmm. question for listeners to hear. Do you keep that license open there for a year? Because you got to keep going back. Because if you have a wedding eight months from now and you cancel your license, you could run the risk of something happening. So financially it's a cost, but it's also a cost of doing business. So is that other things that you suggest doing that as well? And how long do you think that? Um, that again, is going to depend on the state. Um, for like South Carolina, I know that they're very particular about how many licenses you have to have and in which city and all of that. Um, even though I don't live there, that if I'm shooting there, I have to have something in that state is my understanding. Um, Versus other states are a lot more lax. If I book a wedding and I live in Savannah and I'm shooting it in North Carolina, they, that particular area may not require me to um, have a license if I'm coming in for two days to shoot and then I'm going home and it was booked in Georgia. So you need to understand every state is different. Um, and I would check with your local government to see what they what they require. Um, but it's, if they're not requiring it and you're booking it in another state, you have to determine, like, I know New York, the city of New York, if you live and visit New York for business, a certain amount of days of the year, then you are going to pay New York state taxes and you need to have a New York state business license. Right. Other states like Texas are a lot more loosey goosey about it. And you can literally declare that you're doing business and you don't have to file any business license. Right. And that's the same thing as everybody thinks this destination world is so happy and they forget about all the legalities. And a lot of people, let's face it, let's be honest, a lot of people don't follow these rules, make it bad for the rest of us that do. That make I think it makes it harder for the rest of us to follow these rules. But but I think that's a very valid point. It's like, and I think that's something you have to determine. You've you've built up this wonderful career in this great state. You could have revenue keep coming in, but at some point. Do you want to mm -hmm. keep serving where you were versus serving where you are? And part of the 17 pricing questions was when I'm booking these new weddings and I have to fly back home, how does the past customer that was mine now I have to pass on airfare and travel? And, and that's no, you that's cannot do. No, you can't. If you, 
that is something that we we've gone round and round about yep. with many of our one-on-one -on -one mentees if you have legally signed a contract and there is nothing stipulating in there that they will owe travel if you move which uh would be a red flag for any couple that is yep. booking a photographer um you are going to have to swallow that that price and we have now something that we have done to to protect ourselves in a way financially is that if i know i'm moving um in eight months and i know that i'm still getting inquiries and i still want to book in a market that i'm leaving in eight months then i will raise my price accordingly to cover if i'm gonna have to travel back and that's something that we don't um it may be shocking for those that are listening what no matter what um what genre you're in um we don't have a static price for the year so if i'm booked solid for the rest of the year um i'm gonna raise my prices right if i am maybe not bringing in a ton for the quarter i'm gonna lower it now i'm not talking three thousand four thousand dollars i'm talking a couple hundred and i'm playing with the price structure by quarter based on my booking numbers and what i want to book for the year exactly and i think these are like i said these are just amazing points that you have to really think hard when you're getting ready to relocate and if you know you're getting ready to relocate and you're graciously you've got the time put the work in just the same as you did when you started your business i mean it's it's yes. hard to leave what you've built and what you've worked on but you may not have a choice to move forward so we're, we're going to jump a little bit into covid you and i have been talking about covid ad nauseum for i think forever <laughs> uh but tis the season we're in but i do know that the trending word is pivot everybody needs to pivot mm -hmm. Should you pivot will you pivot what will you do i think we all agree here on the podcast that that the wedding world is not the same uh it's we're going to have a whole new normal so the pivoting how does that fit into things that you offer in your courses and some things that you're teaching because again it's it's a restart so yeah some suggestions you can get some people about just thinking outside the box and and just you know give somebody a kick in the pants here and tell them it's going to be okay and some things they can automatically do just to feel a little bit better about themselves because you know i know everybody's in the dumps a little bit but you know again you and i are on zooms and we're chatting and you can only cheer people up so often like that i think people look to people like you and i okay what are they doing you know are they yeah. are they taking action so you know what's some things that you can kick some people's pants in the butt here and say hey get off the butt and be positive take your time with your family but you gotta do mm -hmm. some this branding but it's okay not to do something but here's some things we need to do yeah um first and foremost i think it's okay to be upset I think it's okay to, to have all the feels and all the emotions. Um, I do, however, think that we need to limit that emotional expression on social media because there are potential clients, future clients, that are watching us. They are watching us um, because we are considered the experts. And I'm not saying me and Bobby, I'm saying everyone. They, grooms, brides, clients, couples look to us as the experts whether we have been in the business for two years or 20 does not matter um so call a friend up rather than post it on instagram um acknowledge your feelings it's okay um however the pivoting side of things um a lot of us look have taken this time 
and looked at our business and said, that thing that I wrote down <laughs> six months ago that I was going to do, that um, email newsletter cycle that I was going to create, now I need to actually do it. I think it's been a, a eye-opening thing. And I think that for some of us as business owners, it has made us stronger because we've realized I can't treat this like a hobby anymore. It, it can't just la di da di da about it. And so for me, you ask, you know, kind of how we're pivoting. Um, we have actually raised our prices. Um, we have been afraid to do so for several reasons. Um, and we've not a ton, but we have raised our prices. Um, we have also decided to dabble in, get a little creative with something that, um, and, and try film again. I started in film and you and you and I had this conversation right. the other day. Um, I started in film. Um, there's a reason that I stopped doing film for a while, <laughs> exactly. but, um, the, but the idea it, for me to be creative again and not get that instantaneous gratification on the back of my camera, I kind of like that idea. That, that's slowing down in a way. Um, the other thing we've, we've done is we've leaned out our business even more. Um, if, you are, if you're not familiar with that term, go read the two-second lean. Um, it's a short read. It's kind of technical. but um, what things are we paying for that I'm not using? Or am I paying for Zoom and something else that does the same thing? Can I get rid of, rid of one of those things? So I think that's one of the things to, to definitely be pivoting and looking at how can I tighten my belt, save myself money um, while still serving my clients well. And also too, it's like, you know, we're, we're, we're focusing here on, you know, wedding photography but there's other areas you can branch out on. I mean, I know some florists mm -hmm. are starting to do some other work, teaching, education. Yep. Um, but I, I will say this, and, and uh, again, Candid, not everybody needs to be a teacher. Not everybody needs to go on the speaking circuit and talk about everything they've just done. You know, um, I by far am way down on the chain for teaching, but I teach truth and practical, and I'm not going to sell you at 9,000 presets to do something. I'm not selling you anything when I talk. So I, I think that while we've had this time, a lot of people have went the online education route. Oh, I'm going to go learn. I'm going to do, mm -hmm. as you said, lean down. Maybe there's a different way to do something. You know, if you if you claim it, you own it. You know, you write it down, you say it out there. We start working on it. And I, and I think that we have to know. And I, I don't think it's a secret to the engaged listeners that are listening in that we're all taking a big hit in the industry prices across the market should and will increase for 2021 and beyond because yes. we need to recoup it. And, and I think most people understand that, but it's like just, you know, again, with relocating and here with COVID, everything we've said so far, it pretty much is a parallel. It, it's, it's there. You hit on the email thing. It's like you have ESP and I'm laughing because I'm not joking. Tina did not send Meredith any questions that you all sent in because <laughs> I just wanted Meredith to kind of free roll. I mean, I knew if I said her the question, she'd give us such perfect answers. And I just love the candid mix. One of the questions is, what is your thoughts on doing an email blast, getting a list and are going on to somewhere and finding 
wedding shows a list and e-blasting and introducing yourself this way to couples before you get into the market but part of your research is that just bad taste is it going to make people mad or is it something pretty smart um i think it depends on the clients you are serving okay um if you are in the budget to lovely tier um no go ahead um go and email people um if you are aiming for the luxury market um, they are probably less likely to appreciate that. Um, and I, on the flip side, I will say that the email list and the website are the only thing you own. Everything else you are renting. Yep. You are renting a space on Instagram. You are renting a space on Facebook. Um, we don't rent space on TikTok, but there are some people that do. Your email list you can control your website you can control um maybe consider instead providing value versus selling um so maybe if your ideal client likes um healthy food and that attracts them maybe provide one of your favorite recipes in a newsletter but you have to always filter it through the lens of what is your what is your tier that you're marketing to price point wise is that how they like to be sold to? And secondly, um, would your ideal client like the thing that you're sending or are you just sending something based out of fear marketing? Right, because then at what point do you meet these people? I know you and I don't do wedding shows, but like, traveling to your city you're gonna be going to and buying a booze at a wedding show, man, I'm gonna be honest here. If you don't do wedding shows, I think that's a real hard thing because now you've got the extra pressure of the, I gotta buy a booth, what do I look like? Mm -hmm. But you might attract people. But will you be attracting your ideal client in doing mm -hmm. so? I mean, I don't, and I always preface this, you know, Mary and I are not lawyers. We're not financial people. We're just offering you our years of experience as I, we always do with every guest, unless I have a lawyer or a financial person. But Mary and I are not saying one way or the other. We're just giving you suggestions based on your questions. But I think that's one of those things where, I mean, I, if, if that's your couple, and mm -hmm. you attract that type of couple, which you should have defined before you move to a new market anyway. Yep. Um, going to a wedding show and trying to track that, is that a way to get some couples and then build from there? I mean, it's not a bad idea or is it a good idea? What do you think? I'm going to be really honest. Um, we actually have done wedding shows and we actually did a wedding show this year and we booked at our mid-level package and our top tier package. Um, but we are probably at a price point where within the next year or so, uh, we're going to price ourselves out of that um, because it, we're moving into the lovely and luxury market versus um, kind of being firmly in all three right now right. Um, with our packaging. So, I think that if you are in an, in a um, new market, I think that you should research them first. You should be they should be able to tell you um, how many uh, couples are coming through, um, whether how many of your genre are having booths there. Um, they should be able to give you a lot of data on on it, and if they cannot give you data on it, then you should not be booking at that bridal show. Exactly. Run the other way. But I think that's a good thing because it's kind of like, 
you know, you want to, you know, we want, I want to myself, I want to book people that I want to hang out with, you know, so I, yes. I'm looking at coffee shops. I'm looking at, you know, higher end level luxury alcoholic places, you know, um, things that, you know, because that's my kind of people and what I want to hang out with. And I want to be myself. But I mean, I think if I was going to a new market and that might be the fastest way. And, and let's be honest, after this, when we get to the other side of this COVID thing, I think some people might have to totally start over mm -hmm. and I'm going to start yeah. over and I'm going to go forward. I might have to go somewhere and look, but I, but I think again, you know, the beauty of having to get transferred and relocate and being solid in who you are as an artist, believing that you can do it and having a kick ass business plan and knowing, man, this works here. I'll mm -hmm. adjust it there because let's just say what happens Meredith, if, if, you know, we're in Savannah, a little bit higher luxury, what if I'm going to, and I'm not knocking any city, I'm just picking a spot somewhere in South Dakota that may not be that level. I'm going to have to just down what I do and make that level. So, I mean, that's a, you know, what do you think about that? I mean, how do you go about maybe going backwards? Um, I think if you are going to move from a market that is a higher price point to um, a, a market that's a, what you're considering a lower price point, um, you may have to consider becoming a destination photographer if you're not willing to lower your prices. All of this, all, all of what we're talking about comes down to what is your income goal? What is your um, emotional goal with your, your business. And, um, what do you need to make to survive? You, it, it's not an ego thing. It is a numbers thing. We are, uh, we have to put our ego aside when we're moving a business, when we're restarting a business, because let's be frank and honest. The one thing that is, um, detrimental to an ego is having to start over again. It is humbling. It is hard. Um, and so you have to look at it from a logical data-driven numbers aspect and not an emotional aspect. Right. And again, knowing yourself and knowing those numbers, you know, and believing in them, you know, and again, I think that you will then strive to serve those that want to seek you out, serve you. So we're going to grab some of these questions, which, are, which I think are some really good questions. And we've touched on a few, but it seems a lot of the people, you know, want you to advance a little bit on, how do I establish myself as that local? You know, I mm -hmm. get there, I've done my website, my Instagram, and you mentioned earlier that we rent, but we're also competing heavily on Instagram and Facebook. We get lost in that shuffle. So the question that came from Susan, who happens to be from Texas says, how soon do I start shifting my entire website to the new market I am? And I start speaking as if I'm a local on that website. When is too soon? or is never too soon? Um, for us, we typically have a six to eight month uh, turnaround of knowing. Um, I am very grateful. There are, there are other folks out there that literally get a week notice or a two month notice. For us, it's always been about six to eight months. Um, the minute I know for sure, I call my SEO person and I get them to switch over my SEO. I am not gonna do that sucker myself. Um, for, we have a show it what, uh, based website and, um, I'm going to hire somebody to switch that over. I'm going to start immediately researching, but I am not going to do anything anywhere 
that any of my clients could find until I have notified them and let them know. And then I'm going to immediately start the switchover and start marketing for such. Um, or the other option, there's the secondary option is you become a destination photographer and you then switch your SEO over for where you are located, but you market to all the locations that you've lived in. And I think you start having that conversation anyway. I, I think that if you have truly, really good, and I'm using good as in you've worked with them for a while, uh, couples, they're going to be able to say, I know you're moving. I'm sad to see you. I wish you the best of luck. But also that goes back to now you're just, you're running your business and you might want to be working somewhere else. Hashtag yep. those places you want to work. Nothing wrong with that, but you're establishing yourself as somebody who works in those areas. So that, yes. that's, that's a perfect point. And that's the next question that leads into that. You've covered the SEO is like, do I start rebranding my Instagram and Facebook? Do I start doing the same thing on those? We talked about the hashtag. When do I start telling? And do I start saying, hey, XYZ city, I'm coming at you. Um, that comes from Eric in Minnesota. Um, I go ahead and do it as, as soon as I've announced because I need to go ahead and, and I'm not trying to be shady or sneaky about it. Um, I'm very clear that this is the market we're moving into. And so there's, there's social media posts that happen that say, you know, this is the one thing I'm super excited about when we get to this new city. I'm not trying to, to slide in there and be like, oh, this is over here and, and we're here. Now, you may get an inquiry and um, in all frank honesty, we typically get inquiries before we're ever in the city that we're moving to. Right. And we typically book within a, a, a month of when we're, we've gotten there, um, if not before. So if you get an inquiry and you're not ready to serve it, then you simply say, I'm so sorry. We're currently booked right now. Perfect. You're not taking any clients. You're, you're currently booked. Well, and let's be real too. If I, if I write, Hey, I'm, you know, going to be in Charlotte or blah, blah, blah for X, Y, Z. Do you know that there are vendors that reach out and say, Oh my God, Bobby, I'd love to drive a cup of coffee with you. I mean, this is your chance. Yep to do that, which is what we don't have. So again, some of the other ones are, you know, establish myself as not the newbie in the market. Do sometimes I want to be the newbie in the market versus just acting like I've been a local forever? I mean, at some point, isn't that a benefit to be new set of eyes? We kind of talked about that a little earlier. Yeah, this is a fine line to walk. Um, I think about being back in grade school and if some new kid moved to the school, Everyone was like, oh, did you see the new kid? Have you talked to the new kid? Are they cool? Are they crazy? Are they weird? And so there is a, a plus side to that of like, you are this enigma that people aren't quite sure what you are. On the flip side of that, people aren't quite sure what you are. And so um, a lot of times there's some assumptions that are made about you. And there are times I have to check the things that I say because I have a very deep burning desire to help people and to teach because I am a teacher, but that is not taken well when you are new in a market and you come in and say, Oh, well, there's this thing. Did you know you could da 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 da? And, um, especially I think in the South, um, I am from Georgia, so I'm not knocking the South. I am from here. Um, we can tend to take that offensively. Um, 
And so consider the, the region, the demographics that you're moving into, um, and be okay with being who yourself you are. I'm not saying go and, you know, start slowing your, your drawl down, um, to match something you think is there. I'm saying be yourself, but learn to know the local, um, idioms so that you don't make a huge flub like I did and, and call things the wrong thing. Right. Heck y'all, I've been, I've been here for seven years and I still talk faster now than ever before, but I do have all these Southerners saying y'all be fabo. So it, it, it does, uh, <laughs> it does break itself off on that. So, uh, the next question, uh, looks like it's another, it's a Michigan and it says, do you, would you ever need, or do you, does Meredith ever feel that you need to change your style to fit into a market. I'm primarily a dark and moody photographer, but I'm getting ready to move more into a light and airy area. Do I adjust a lot, be myself? I think we kind of alluded to that right now. You got to kind of get in here and feel, but you know, do I make my website look like me just with more Midwest things or do I make my website look like I fit in? Okay. So, um, a friend of mine once said, um, you have, you have a client who has 10 tabs open on their website, uh, open on their URL on their, on their internet. And they go, Nope, Nope, Nope. There you are, Peter. I found you the, the thing I've been looking for. And so if you're moving into a market that is all light, bright and airy, <laughs> How fantastic that you already have a defined style that you love of who you are, because there are going to be clients that have been waiting for you that, that are going to go, Oh my gosh, thank God. Finally, somebody that gets me and who I am. I can't wait to hire you. Now you mentioned the website on the flip side you're gonna need something that regionally looks like where you're marketing to. If you are a destination photographer, you, cool. You can show lots of different places. If you are a regional photographer and you are moving from Phoenix, Arizona to Williamsburg, Virginia, the <laughs> landscape is a lot different from one to the other and you're gonna have to do, that's where style shoots might have to come into play because your whole entire portfolio is going to have to really be curated to make sure that they don't feel like you are a fake and that they can know, like, and trust you because you're showing things that they're used to seeing. Exactly. Oh, that's great. So that's the next question. This is Melissa. Melissa did not say where she's from. I did not look it up. Lazy me. She says, moving into a new market, should I start breaking down, especially on Instagram, the cities like Kansas city is where I am shooting, but then I'm going to Louisville. So do I have a Kansas city section and then a Louisville or will that break me down too much? I shouldn't mix them all up. I want to make sure people know that I shoot, I'm going to live in Louisville and I want to represent Louisville, but I love Kansas City. If you're still wanting to shoot in Kansas City and you're wanting to be found for Kansas City, then um, you can do show both at the same time and be clear in your copy and in the words you're using on your website that you're doing both. Or if you want to really be clear about it, then you have two separate sections and you say, here's this and here's this. Here's a hard one for you. It is from Mark Indianapolis. Do you think it's more beneficial, more profitable, faster 
to open a brick and mortar when moving to a new location versus working out of your home? No, don't do it. Bobby says <laughs> that's two yeah. goes, moving on. <laughs> moving on. Don't do it. Sorry, Mark. The answer is no. Epic. No, Mark. No. In all seriousness, Mark, if you got a lot of money and you want to go to brick and mortar, but I mean, if, if, if you're going to an area that doesn't have that anyway, and that's new to you, I mean, come on people, how many new things do you want to start at one time? I mean, moving to a new market and dealing with all that, go establish yourself and get a kick-ass <laughs> storefront and knock everything dead. So I think that's great. So that's perfect. Um, this next one is kind of a little bit different. Um, does Meredith have any suggestions for we're venue owners, but we are looking to expand our venue idea into a new market, a new region? is something like restarting tips that she offers on her website. We went to look at her website, beautiful website, by the way. Um, is this something that maybe she can offer tips, happy to reach out privately, blah, blah, blah. I'm just reading everything for you. Uh, so it's like, yeah, so tips are opening a new venue. I mean, it's that the same thing applies, the same thing we've been talking about. Um, at this, uh, yeah, yes. Um, we have worked with so many, so many new venues um, because a lot of the things that we teach um, when you're relocating can apply when you are opening a venue. Um, the most important thing is that you have your finances in place um, and that you don't grow too big too fast. Uh, one of our favorite uh, TV shows is The Profit with Marcus Slimonis. Um, definitely go check that out because many of the brick and mortar stores that he's working with um, have opened too many locations too fast. And because of that, they are going bankrupt. So I'm glad to talk with you privately um, and get more in depth with that. But um, we learn so much from watching shows like that and applying it to our own business. This is a one that I love and we'll, we'll kind of wrap up the questions here because we want to talk about they're segueing into is um, how does Meredith and is she available to come small group? Um, we like regional photographers like to get together. Is it something that she teaches? Does she tell me to different classes? Um, so yeah, I'm gonna let you segue with that. You know, when we get safe and healthy, why don't you talk a little bit about some of the wonderful things that you teach? I know IPS, all the wonderful places. And then, you know, I know you're going to be teaching in some places and uh, I want people to be able to follow you. And again, show notes, but let's talk a little bit about some of the things that you offer on your courses. Everything is on an email. I mean, everything's on your website here, um, which again, Tina linked back to, but just talk a little bit about the different courses and subjects and how you do love small groups. Yes. So um, I am an INFJ. Um, I, pretend to be an extrovert sometimes or I, or I extrovert so hard that by the time the conference is over, I crash. Yep. Um, so I do love small groups. I think that that is where some of the biggest growth happens because few people feel comfortable to ask the hard questions. Uh, and like Bobby said, when we are at a point where we can safely um, meet again, there our sweet spot, and I say are a lot because um, my husband, Jason, does a lot of the co-coaching with me, um, 
He has some um, things that are, are integral to what I teach. Uh, he is a green belt Lean Six Sigma, which has to do with workflow efficiency. And um, so we teach on that. We also custom create workflows for people, um, whether it's a planner, photographer, floral designer, we've done them for a lot, um, saving them efficiency. We also are really big on content creation and being able to recycle it uh, in multiple platforms so that it doesn't sound spammy um, and that you get the most out of it. And then of course there's the obvious relocating your business and doing that efficiently and effectively. And so how soon should people like reach out to you? Like if somebody knows they're getting ready to relocate, is that a good time? Or I think any of the courses that you teach here, I think you're a wonderful mentor anyway. Um, and I would say that, you know, not talking to you as much, but I've really enjoyed getting to know you over this past year. And, and I, and you know, I don't, I don't give those compliments out a lot, listeners that listen in. So if I tell you she's somebody you can learn from in the right way, no balls, going to give it to you, pull your bootstraps up. This is your gal. She's a lot like me in that way. But I mean, how soon should people reach out to you um, if they're wanting to relocate or even to restart here? And I think that uh, you can do some online teaching and courses with these people as well. Yeah, so it, it is definitely on how you like to learn. Um, we have online courses, um, but I call that the drip method. Um, you're going to get the education, you're going to get the information, but you're going to have to figure out some of it for yourself. Right. Um, and you're going to have to apply it to your own personal situation. Um, we are available for uh, mentoring starting in June. Um, on, and I say that because we are booked solid with a current mastermind as well as some one-on-ones. And, um, I would not wait. I would go ahead and reach out to get that scheduled ahead of time because we do book out, um, typically pretty far in advance. And, um, Bobby is completely correct. We don't sugarcoat things. Um, our, um, our Facebook group, we have the tagline of a cotton candy free zone. We don't do the fluff. Um, I want you to have the Brussels sprout truth, which sounds a little corny. Um, but I want you to grow and be nourished and have a thriving business versus just the feel good. Oh, you know, pink fluffy stuff. And can everybody come and join that? I want you to bring that up again. That's why I can Yes. Can everybody join yeah. that? I want people to be doing that right now where we got some time off. So a perfect way to get to know you a little bit before they maybe sign up for a mentoring. Tell everybody where that is. And again, Tina will link back, but hear it from Meredith's lips herself. Yes. Um, so we have the obvious Facebook page, business page for the Restart Specialist, which is linked to a private um, Facebook group. Uh, there's about... 500 something in there, I think. And, um, that's pretty easy to find. Just yep. search the restart specialist. You're going to see it and just ask to join. We'll add you in. And you have great conversations and learning and just things. Again, we have yeah. people that are, do you have a lot of military people in this group? Are there a lot of people that are relocated in this group or is this a great mix? Um, it is a really great mix. Cool. There are folks that we have just met in different markets that have mentored with us. There are, um, like I said, there are photographers in there, um, but we also have brick and mortar stores. We have a, um, a home goods store, um, but these are all people that um, don't like BS and prefer to work together, help build each other up. We do Facebook lives from time to time, as well as um, lots of other little bits and things we do in there. So Mark, go join that and ask your brick and mortar question to all those people in that group. And see <laughs> if you get something other than no from Meredith and I. 
<laughs> oh God. So we've, re we've reached our hour. I've taken enough of your time. So is anything else you want to wrap up? And again, everybody, I'm telling you, this is the time, you know, take COVID as a blessing right now to restart, reevaluate, let this lady help you with one or two things that might just be something you're not seeing, something you don't recognize and let her just kickstart you a little bit. Um, she might, she might tell you the truth, but you're going to feel good about yourself in the end. So she, she doesn't sugarcoat it, but she also doesn't rip you down. She's going to lift you up. She's a cheerleader like me for small businesses. So take this time, link back. So just anything else you want to let our listeners know about Meredith? You know, I don't think we have anything upcoming that you're speaking at before anything. Uh, but if anybody, maybe Shutterfest, yes, no, coming on, make sure if, if you're a Shutterfest fan, you'll see her. Yeah, I, I don't know the answer for Shutterfest right now, other than it is currently scheduled for July. That is our first speaking engagement coming out of um, COVID. We will be at the Reset Conference. Um, we'll also be at some others that have yet to be announced later this fall. Um, and I always want to leave with a nugget of an action item. And so I would say, guys, if you have never done a SWOT analysis on your business, go look it up, go do it, and then figure out what you need to do to move forward. That is that action item, homework item. Go message me on Instagram after you've done it. Go join the group. Ask me questions about it. But that is the one thing you can go do right now for your business. And that's what we love. And that's why we love bringing you guests like this that are going to give you tangible, easy things to do that will only help you continue building your brand and growing, but also leading with the heart and doing it the right way. Legal way, man, I'm, I can't stress enough, guys. You've heard us talk. Get all that stuff in place so that you can be creative. You know, don't work in your business, you know, get your business to work for you and you will be serving more and more couples and clients and each other in the industry. So everybody go out there. I know I normally say I have a fabulous wedding weekend coming up. This is going to air before weddings are back. So again, thank you for joining us here at Perfect Wedding Guide on this podcast. And uh, we're thrilled to have you along with us on this ride. Meredith, go look her up. Show notes. Thank you, Meredith. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much. Bye. For more information about today's episode, check the show notes at BeFabopodcast.com. Hey, while you're there, don't forget to subscribe and sign up for Monday Motivations, delivered hot to your inbox. And there'll be more. Can we say more? Till next time, be fabo.